Hi everyone, welcome to Those Koreans from Guam, episode 15. Before we get started, I wanted to set some facts straight because in this episode, we talk about recent killings at the hand, hands of the police um, and we talk more about Black Lives Matter. But because we don't prepare for these episodes in advance, we got a lot of facts mixed up, um, a lot of the uh, names and the dates mixed up and the situations as well. So I wanted to clarify that before we get started because these lives matter and we need to um, set it straight. So first of all, we talk about a 13-year-old boy in Chicago who was shot. He had a gun, but he, I think, sort of tossed his gun because it was found a little bit away from him after he was shot. And his name was Adam Toledo, and he was killed on March 29th in Chicago. The second person we speak about is Dante Wright. He's 20 years old, and he was shot in Minnesota on April 11th. And this was the incident where the officer claimed that she mistook her gun for a taser. So we talk a little bit about that in this episode. And then the third shooting that we speak about happened on April 20th as the verdict for the Derek Chauvin trial was being read. She was shot down in her yard, 16-year-old Micaiah Bryant. She had a knife in her hand. She had it to protect herself from bullies. She was fearful, so she called the police, and then the police shot her. So those are the three shootings that we discussed in this episode. Please have a listen, and thanks for always tuning in. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Those Koreans from Guam. I'm EJ. And I'm June. Welcome to the podcast. Um, You know, the last time we left off, we said we were going to talk again, and then we didn't because spring break came up. We have little kids, and your kids were on spring break, then my kids were on spring break, and it's just been nuts. So I think the last time we spoke, we were fresh off of the um, the shootings that happened in Atlanta with the Korean, um, the Asian um, spas and things. And we were like, okay, we're gonna next time talk about Asian silence or whatever. And then so many things have happened since then. Um, yes. A lot has happened and there's so much to talk about. I mean, Asian hate is still very much out there, still happening a lot. But the news cycle has changed where because um, the uh, Derek Chauvin trial and the conviction of that came out and then now the news cycles change. Now, when the news cycles change, it's important the news cycles change because this is an important issue. Black Lives Matter is important, but it's important for the people to realize that the other stuff is still happening, even though it's not being talked about in the news. There's a lot of things happening and a lot of things that we need to care about. So I just want to throw that out there. Yeah. And I think the, the you know, it's just, it's too bad. I feel like with media, it can only uh, focus on like one thing at a time, which I, I feel... Um, 
I don't know if it's just human nature or I, I don't know if that's just the way it has to be, right? Where, um, I don't know. And I, I, I just idea that you have to like rank uh, injustice and tragedy as to what's more, I don't know, like, yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's just, it's just, I, 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 I feel like, I feel like, I feel like, you know, and I, I've talked about this before and I feel like injustices against the black community is much worse. That's, I think, hands down much worse. Uh, just their history in this country leading up to being either assaulted or killed not by just random like criminals, but by the police and by authority. I think it's so much worse than being attacked by criminals or even, you know, bad people. And there's a whole system built against the black people, right? Like think about housing for a second. If you go to a good school district, you'll find a bunch of Asians living there too. Okay, so there, but, Black people are kind of kept out of these communities. And their, their communities are where you find like the, the you know, worst test scores, the bad schools, the, all this stuff. And so it's not just about crime and violence, it's really about an entire system that in our country is built against the black people. So in that sense, yes. I mean, it's really, you don't wanna compare like, well, who has it worse, but really the whole country was built really in a way where black people are meant to be kept down in many ways. Yes, and it, it's not it's not so much that I, I wanna like rank it, but I feel like I just, we just need to acknowledge that mm -hmm. I, I feel like that's, that's like, for me, it's the biggest thing is you have to try to fix like the fire at your feet before you know like the like the thing that's really and for me the thing that that we that i feel is the biggest problem and the biggest threat is people of authority like police that are supposed to protect everyone mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. is assaulting and killing black people because they're black you know and it may not be like a white supremacist killing, but like the people, the black, the 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 victims of police violence are definitely receiving the violence because they're black. It's definitely a white supremacy thing. White supremacy, and, and not like not maybe not that cop or whatever, but the whole system is built on white supremacy, and that's what I'm trying to like say. It's yeah, that violence thing. We have to address the violence, but the violence is really a small part, a significant part of an entire system built on white supremacy. I mean, they were meant to not succeed in this country. That's how the system was built, and so what we're what people are doing out there is trying to break down that system. And the most blatant, obvious injustice is the violence because people are actually losing their lives. And you're absolutely yeah. right. It's so important. Like we need to start there. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So 
I, I feel like something has to happen. And I feel like Biden ain't doing shit. You know what I mean? He needs to, this needs to be a state of emergency where he steps up and fucking does something. Cause he, when I, whatever the fuck he's doing is definitely not even near enough. I haven't heard him speak much about it. And maybe I just haven't had my ear to the ground or maybe I haven't been paying attention, but I really do think he needs to at least speak up more about it because like the day of the Chauvin um, verdict, the Derek Chauvin verdict, as that verdict was being read, um, was that when the girl was shot down? The 16 year old girl was shot, shot down. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know, something happened. Yes, Something happened. I don't know if that was okay. Okay. I believe that's what happened. She was, she called the police for help because she was being bullied or she felt threatened and she was holding a knife to protect to defend herself. herself. And they showed up, they saw a black girl, 16 year old with a knife standing in the yard and they shot at her and she died. And I don't, and there's video footage of this. So I don't understand how. You could just show up, pull your gun out and start shooting, right? And then the people who, the people who defend the actions of the police is like, she had a knife in her hand. I'm like, but was she running towards the police to stab them? Right, was was she she like running? (laughs) Yeah, was she lunging at someone else to stab them? Like, was it an immediate danger that you felt like you had to pull your gun out and start shooting at her? You know, and then like you switch it up to, uh, um, you know, like you you put a, you know, you you in your mind you replace her with either a white or a light skinned Asian girl, sixteen year old girl with a knife, yeah, and with a knife, and then you ask yourself. Would they have immediately pulled out a gun and start shooting at them? No way in hell. And I'm, I, I, I can't. I don't believe. No, I don't believe that. When, when I've never even heard of that. Yeah, it just, it's just so absurd and ridiculous, and it's so sad. It's so sad. She called the police for help, and this is why black people don't trust the police. That's why. I mean, this is what happens. This girl needed help, and they shot her and killed her. Yeah, and then, so and then, and then the other, uh, the 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 Hispanic boy, right? Was he like thirteen or something? Dante, and, uh, I think it was Dante, yeah. right or something. Yeah, and uh, and he was shot by a twenty-year veteran. Oh, the taser situation. She, yeah, she claims that she mistaken her gun for her taser. You know, and like she has history of knowing how to cover up, um, you know, like police violence, right? She, she's a, she's the head of the police union. She knows all the tricks of what to do to cover their tracks when they, you know, commit violence. You know, it just all those things leads me to believe that she definitely knew 
that she was holding a gun and not a taser. One. I've seen I've right? seen like videos that police officers like are posting like on TikTok and stuff saying like there's no way you can mistake an eight ounce taser with a two pound gun. Like there's just no way. Well, there well the whole argument is like you know when you're in that situation and the adrenaline is flowing and you can make a mistake and I'm he like he was thirteen. He well, was thirteen. Well, maybe, well, he was thirteen, but he 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 was Hispanic, and if she has like a Hispanic, I think he was black. Like, I don't think phobia, he's Hispanic. I think he's black. Was was he black? Yeah, his name's I like Dante Wright. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, I, okay. Someone, uh, I, why do I think he was Hispanic? But anyways, um, you know it if that trigger it could trigger like a fear in her and and you can make that i feel like you can make that argument against like a rookie it's their like first week yeah you know it's their first situation but you're talking about someone who has who is a 20-year veteran you know who's the head of the police union right she's experienced I, I, she's been around she I'm knows she, she's and yeah. I, I i don't i don't think that that excuse can be applied to her you know so yeah and then you know like the thing you know to me it's it's, it's so obvious that you need to get in trouble for that right yeah. something has to happen but people are like the people who defend it are like well he shouldn't have ran he shouldn't have had a gun and i'm like yeah those are all true but they don't the law doesn't give the right for police to shoot and kill people for those reasons, for running, you know? Even if they were complete criminals, they still need to see their day in court unless they were directly I'm, right there I'm threatening, sorry. like, you know. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm, 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 uh, I'm mixing up two different instances. You're right, the one, the taser incident was Black he boy. got pulled over he got pulled over and he was he was a he was a he was black right oh yes i'm the third that wasn't a 13 year old boy yes that was somebody who was yeah. it look at this is a good this is where we say he was like, it happened yeah. so much that we're mixing up like a bunch of different stories because it just happens so much in the time that we haven't spoken spoken it's happened so much that we like were confusing three, our stories. Yeah, three separate incidents, and then oh my god, the, one, the thirteen year old boy was the was the Hispanic boy that mm -hmm. was uh, he was out at two a.m. He had a gun, but Did when he they gun? shot him, he had a gun, but not when the cops put when the cops pulled up the gun he like threw it somewhere so he didn't have the gun in his hand okay. and he he turned around with his hands the cops told him to turn around with his hands up he turned around with his hands up with nothing in his hands and then they shot him wow 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 and then there was another person who was pulled over so that was the taser incident where like he was pulled over and then he ran and because he ran, she pulled out her gun. Who she what she claims she thought it was a taser and shot because he was running. Okay. Yeah. And then we have Micaiah Bryant. 
who was shot in her yard with a knife. She had a knife. Yeah. Shot with a yeah. Gun. So this this is really. Uh, I I feel like this is the number one problem. This is a huge problem. I think it's like for me, it's a bigger problem than COVID. It's a bigger problem. It's the biggest problem our country is facing right now. Is the you know is 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 the police violence and you know the abuse against uh you know against the black community against the latin x or the hispanic community you know i think that's a bigger i think it's it and and not to i i hate ranking or comparing but it's it's a much bigger problem for me than even random violence by bad people against Asian people. Yeah, because it's done by it, people of authority. It's done by the police. Yeah, it's who done by people of authority. Yeah. Protect us. Exactly. It's done by people of authority. And uh, a lot of times they get away with it. If there's no video because footage. Because they're part of the system. This is all part of the system. And that's what's scary. It's not, it doesn't boil down to one person and one racist who attacks somebody or whatever. This is a whole system and they get away with it. The one guy and didn't, not, Derek Chauvin didn't get away with it, but that's not yeah. a huge win because there's so many other people getting away with it. Yeah, there, the last year, that incident where the cops shot uh, um, a black man uh, that was uh, get, uh, reaching for something in his car in the back seven times and he got paralyzed like the, the verdict came out and nothing happened to him. Like he didn't lose his job. He didn't even lose his job. He's back on the force. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, to me, that's, that's crazy. That's yeah. just crazy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And there's video footage of it. That incident, there's video footage of it. And he, you know, nothing happened to him. Yeah, I mean, so he just got away with shooting someone in the back seven times and paralyzing. Yep. These so, people are just getting away with it. And it's. There needs to be real consequence no and real legislation, you know? Yeah. Like, like I, I feel like people who, I, I feel like trying to go against racism is. Sec like right now it's secondary like we have to put the laws in place to to hold people accountable for doing these things and stop it you know first here's the thing though there are laws but we're working with law enforcement and the da the people that are trusted to enforce the law and they're crooked so the legislation may even be there already the problem is the accountability and the system actually holding these people to the same laws that everybody else is held to. And that's where the failure is. And it's really, yeah. really sad. It's just, how do we, how do we do this? You know? Yeah. So th that reminds me of something that I will, you know, it's a big thing about how the militarization of the police, mm -hmm. you know, after, I forget what the year was, but the the law that allowed um, 
the military to give their leftover military equipment to the police? I think it was right? probably during the Clinton administration, goes back to like pretty far back, the militarization. And, and then starting then, the military started getting more and more militarized. And so people are saying demilitarize the police, right? Yeah. And I, I have a, I have a, I have a different opinion on that. I'm like, if you know, if you're gonna militarize the police, don't just give them the equipment, you know, and have them uh, almost see their the communities that they were, you know, their job, the military's job and the police job are very different. The military's job is to go in and attack, you know, their enemies. The police job is to protect their communities. So they're, they're two very, just because they both hold guns doesn't mean they have the same function, right? right. You, if you, like the police are not military whose enemies is the precinct or like, you know, the community that they're assigned to. The community they're assigned to are not enemies that they're gonna, that they're assigned to attack like the, like the military. Those communities are communities that they're assigned to protect right mm -hmm. they have the opposite function right. so like when when they when they turn them into soldiers for attacking you know this is some of the results that you get especially mm -hmm. when the people who police certain communities aren't from that community so right. like if you have like a neighborhood that's predominantly a black neighborhood more a lot of the precincts, like a lot of the like like the police precincts, a lot of the cops that that patrol or that are in charge of that community are from the suburbs, right? So yeah. now you're now you're 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 further like making that situation where this is us and this is you. We're going in here and you're the enemy, like military style. Mm -hmm. Instead of if you're from that community, they're there to help and protect that community, right? Mm -hmm. They're help, they're, the police are supposed to be there to protect the majority of the community from the couple criminals that are gonna break the law, break into people's homes, like commit murder, things like that, right? But instead, they're in there assuming the whole community is their enemy and they're patrolling and looking for one of them to do something so that they can attack. And when you have that kind of mindset, it, 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 it um, you know, it, uh, it causes these kinds of violence towards the community that they're policing. Number two, if you're gonna do that though, if you're gonna do that, cause that's what they're doing anyways, right? Militarize it all the way. And what I mean by that is that if you are a member of the military, right? And you're like in Afghanistan and you take your gun out and you just shoot like, like an Afghani, you know, civilian, you're gonna get in trouble for that. You can't just, you know, you, like in the military for things like that, if you, you have very, very strict rules on when you can, pull your weapon out and when you can shoot, when you can engage. And if you violate that, you get in big trouble. You are held accountable. Mm -hmm. 
But with the police, they don't have that. They have no They're not held accountable. The opposite happens where the unions come in, where whoever comes in and they protect each other. Yep. Right? Like in the same situation, like, like, like what happened, you know, where, 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 where that officer accident claims that she accidentally pulled out her gun and shot some for running into her car, right? If that same thing happened in the military, you're in big trouble. They're going to scoop you up right away. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And they but, get pride in their courts, in the mil military law, in their court system. That's yeah, where and, they and from, pride. Yeah. And from what mm -hmm. I understand, in the military, when you have bad people doing bad things like that, for the most part, they don't cover up for each other. Not like the blue shield. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So my thing is if you're going to militarize it militarize it all the way all the way yeah so that you're held accountable for not following strict rules yeah i mean their rules are probably stricter than you know the laws that we're subject to as civilians so they need to i mean i i there's just so much covering up and it's so dirty Everything about this is so dirty and it's not just within the police force. You're also talking about the district attorneys who are supposed to charge these people, right? Because a, a prosecutor's job is to then charge somebody for breaking the law, but they're not doing it because they're all in cahoots. And so this is where we are. This is where we are. They get away with murder over and over again. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. I, so, I mean, I know this is like super heavy, but just bringing it back to, you know, the Asian hate, I just have, um, it reminds me of back in the 80s when people were attacking, uh, you know, members of the L LGBTQ community. Mm -hmm. And we didn't call it that back then. We call, we said they were attacking homosexuals they said we were they were attacking gay people and like it was because of AIDS mm -hmm. right AIDS was like a big thing in the 80s it was rampant you know a lot of people were dying mm -hmm. and somehow it got labeled a gay disease mm -hmm. right because someone was trying to scapegoat anytime there's a problem you need to scapegoat someone so they call it a gay disease, right. right? And so, and that caused a lot of violence towards gay people. Yeah. Right? Because there was already violence towards gay people just because people were just the, just from being homophobic. But when you add on that, like insinuating they're the cause of a deadly disease, you know, that that's the real enemy. Then they are like, okay, this is the real enemy that we can legitimately justify going after and attacking. Right. Yeah. Right. So yeah. it reminds me, and the reason it reminds me of, of that is because again, that the violence towards Asians is happening because of a disease, because of a deadly disease, a virus. And 
it, you know, we're somehow somewhat because like, you know, like the lockdowns, the, you know, all the things that we experienced last year, a lot of people had a lot, like I had a hard time, you had a hard time, everybody had a hard time because of the lockdowns, because of the disease, because of the fear of the disease, because of the anxiety. And, it, and, and, and I think as human nature, we need an explanation. We need a reason why. We need a scapegoat. And the thing that really sucks is that that scapegoat was already there. It, like people were already, because people, because it came from Wuhan, people are already assuming like they they're inferring that that COVID is being caused by Asians, right? Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, right? Because the violence already has started. But on top of that, you have the president of the United States, the president coming out and calling it the China virus, one, and then using terms like Kung flu. Mm -hmm. That, And I think what that did was the little bit of violence that was already around, it emboldened, it legitimized, mm -hmm people's feelings and it justified like look the president has my back and then the violent just exploded you know yeah and i mean you know the the violence has gone up and it really breaks my heart that really the elderly seem to be the main target of that you know people who are pretty defenseless and it's just like it's so cowardly it's so cowardly and just disgusting to me that like, you know, you're going out there and beating up old people. Like, how tough are you? Like, I don't know. I, I just don't get it. I just don't. I get, get it. it. I get it. Because the reason I get it is because the kind of person that would go out and, and, and initiate violence against someone, you know, for their race, for those kind of reasons, are cowardly and scummy people. When they were, you know, most people who are pretty much good people, even if you were racist, even racist people, you know what I mean? Like the, even the majority of racist people aren't the type to go out and commit violence against a human being. How unstable do you have to be? How much of a crazy, sick, disgusting, cowardly person do you have to be to go out and try to commit violence against another human being, right? Yeah. You're, that's, that, you gotta, if you profile the people and then it's like, of course they would go after old people because they're cowards, you it's know what I mean? To, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. like, and like, you know, the per people who wanna like, you know, people who want to be tough and, you know, legitimately want to fight someone of their caliber, they're not going to attack, like, you know, weak people, random weak people on the street or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. So people with legitimate courage, people who are like that, they don't, because, you know, so of course, they're, you know, the people who are doing that are, it's like, in the 80s when the people who were attacking the, the the LGBTQ community, you know, they weren't tough guys, you know what I mean? And and they were attacked, they were, they would, uh, most of the time they would jump them, like four or five guys would beat up one, they would single out one gay person, 
this is they're so much of a coward that they can't even do it by themselves. Mm-hmm. They have to get four of four of their buddies who are also cowards mm-hmm. to go and wait until outside a gay club until you know like their friends go home and there's one guy walking by himself and that's the guy they're gonna attack yeah totally you know and this is the profile of the people who are attacking the elderly yeah um it's just such a damn shame i mean it's everything out there in the world, it just feels so tough, you know, from what we talked about earlier with the black community, which is obviously such a big issue that goes even beyond the violence, which is already horrific as it is to, you know, what's happening right now with Asians and COVID and the fear that's kind of been drawn up from that. And yeah, there's a lot of stuff out there. Um, a lot of heavy stuff. And, um, as, as a parent of young children, it's like, what kind of world am I like, are we leaving for our kids, you know? And I think that the reason that we do this podcast and the reason that people are fighting so hard is really because hopefully when my kids are my age, the hope is they don't have to deal with racist people going around and beating up Asians, <laughs> you know, like that's the hope. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I guess that's yeah, all. Yeah, I, I, I just think with the Asian community too, like a lot of the people who are, um, who are victims of the violence, mm-hmm. it, you know, I, I feel like a lot of them are, I don't, I don't know, like it just feels like, like, I don't have a solution for it. You know what I mean? No. Because I feel like the people who are committing those crimes, it's not like I can change their mind because they're already, like, wacky people anyways. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So. I don't even know what the solution would be either. But you know what? We are at our 30-minute mark, so we're going to cut it short. But you know what? Our next episode, can we do something fun? Can we record something? Yes. Yes. Um, yes, definitely. I have something I want to talk about, which is why I'm like, can we do something fun? But not to make light of what we've talked about here. Like, honestly, this is a serious thing. I think um, we both feel very serious about it. So, the, oh, before I go, did I tell you what I did about, did you see my social media post about me calling the cops? No, I did um, not. I've been so, on social media. Um, so. Okay. So I, we, we have like a minute. So I'm going to tell you just this quick story. And this is my small part. And I intend to keep doing what I can. But it's Autism Awareness Month, this month of April. And um, my son, for those of you who don't know, he's autistic. And the local police department here, they designed one of their cop cars to have like the puzzle pieces and the autism awareness. And they're showing up to autism awareness events. There's a lot of like PR stuff they're doing, the cops in my town. And as an autistic parent, I was like, that's cool, but are they really trained to identify autistic individuals who are in distress? Because autistic adults who are in distress can appear to be violent, but they're harmless, but they can appear scary, okay? And all of this stuff. So I was like, "Mm, what am I gonna do? So I called the police department 
And mm -hmm. I said, can I talk to your training department? And a woman picked up and I'm kind of glad I spoke to a woman. She's Sergeant, yeah. <laughs> Sergeant. And um, I said, listen, I'm, I'm, I live here in this town. I'm a parent of an autistic person and I see all the PR work you guys are doing and I think it's wonderful. However, are your officers really trained to identify autistic individuals in distress because they can appear from afar, appear dangerous or violent when in fact they're just in the middle of a meltdown. And she said, right. yes, it's part of our annual training. And then I couldn't let that go, right? I couldn't just be like, oh, okay, cool. You're gonna take care of the autistic people. I had to be like, listen, there are, and I don't know what answer I expected from this. I think this was just me making a statement because I didn't, I didn't expect a real answer because she can't give me a real answer. I said, look, I'm really concerned about what's going out there with the black community. And I'm especially concerned about black autistic adults. When they appear violent and they're just being autistic and in the middle of a meltdown, can I, can you guys be a police department that I can be proud of, that you would protect those people and not do what a lot of other police departments out there may be doing to black people. She can't answer that for me, right? Because she can't speak for every single person's inherent bias or whatever. But I just had to throw that out there because I had to say, look, I'm keeping an eye on you. I care about Black Lives Matter. Like that was my way of saying that in a very polite way. And she said, you know, I would like to hope that we can do the right thing. And to be honest, my view of our department is that they're ahead of the curve in that way. And we're really trying to be conscious of that. And that's the best answer she could give me, which is fine. But I just felt like I at had least, to tell somebody of authority uh, that. I think that's great because at least you had the courage to say that directly to the police. Mm -hmm. and she gave you an honest answer. Yeah, and I think that, and you know, me one person making one phone call and talking to one police officer, that action in itself has very little impact. But I think that if anybody is listening, even if you don't have autistic children, if you don't, even if you don't have black children, I think that that phone call is important because if enough people make that phone call and have a conversation, a civilized conversation and don't make them the enemy in that conversation, but just say, listen, this is something I care about. Are you guys somebody that I could trust? And um, just kind of posing that sort of and keeping them on their toes in that way, I think can make an impact. So I'm not necessarily patting myself on the back for that. I think that more people need to do that. And that's our way of holding them accountable without, you know, getting in their face necessarily about how they're fucking with black people's lives, which is important too. We need to march, we need to be angry. I'm not saying we shouldn't be that, but I think also there are various ways to approach this issue and we need to do all of it. We need to do all of it is what I'm saying. So. Right, right, right. We need to do that. We need to protest and we need to hold our um, politicians oh, accountable yeah. and we need to, let them know that they need to pass legislation and they need to make sure that legislation is enforced. Mm -hmm. And as a matter of fact, we have somebody running for mayor right now who I really like. I've always supported her. She's run for different offices. And um, some of my close friends are actually working on that campaign. And 
they're talking a lot about women's rights, women's rights, women's rights. And I understand that's a big issue for my friends and all that. And I'm not saying it's not, but approaching this election, I want to hold them more. I want to bring more of the conversation of BLM into it because I think that our mayor is really the person that like our police department reports to at the end of the day. So that needs to be, she needs to be an ally. And I believe she is, but I just want that in the conversation because I don't think right. it's enough. It's, I haven't seen it be enough of a conversation in that campaign. So that's something I also wanna to talk to my friends about who are in that campaign. And I mean, these are the little things we could do, right? Because I feel, you feel so insignificant as one person, like how am I gonna change an entire system? The fact is we can't, but many of us doing this stuff can. So I, I would urge anybody listening in to do whatever little you can make a phone call, talk to a friend, talk to somebody, you know, or, you know, and just kind of have conversations. If you don't want to march, if you don't want to do that, then find another way to do it. If you want to march, cool, do it. And that's your thing. But I think we, we need to, we can't just be like, uh, I don't want to march. So I'm not going to do any of it. Find a way to make an impact, find one way you specifically can make an impact that's palatable to you, whatever way that is. Right, right. All right, so with that, we're gonna end and I wanna do a fun episode. So um, we'll catch you guys next time on those Koreans for okay. a <laughs> Thank you All so right. much for tuning in. Bye hey, now. Thanks guys. <laughs>